Do you really know the difference between when you're self-sabotaging and you're just making a mistake? That's what we're going to be talking about today in the third episode of The Kathy Keat Show. Let's get started. Well, thanks for joining me today on The Kathy Keat Show where we talk about dogs, sport, and life. And today we're going to be talking about self-sabotage. And in particular, we're going to be talking about, do you actually know if you're self-sabotaging or not? One of the big things people run into is they make a mistake and they immediately blame it on self-sabotage. But the problem is the mistake wasn't self-sabotage. It could simply be, that they just hadn't trained it enough, they made a simple mistake, they lost a bit of focus. We're human, we make mistakes, stuff happens. But there are times that we do self-sabotage. One of the first mistakes most people make is they blame self-sabotage for the mistake. Most people haven't prepared to the level that they should, or they've got a problem with their systems or their habits where They're repeating things and they just don't even realize they're repeating them or they don't know how to change that particular behavior or fix that particular mistake. And that can apply to either a dog training mistake, handling mistake in competition, or any other aspect of life. But when you blame it on self-sabotage, you're absolving yourself of the responsibility of fixing it. Because when you blame self-sabotage, it's kind of like It's this thing, this hardwired thing that we have and we can't help ourselves and we have no control over it. And that's not true. One of the toughest things about self-sabotage is recognizing when we're actually self-sabotaging. And it can be a bit insidious. So one example is blaming the mistake on self-sabotage where in truth, you haven't done enough training or you didn't know how to fix it. So... The mistake, again, wasn't the problem, but blaming it on self-sabotage is the problem because then you go looking to fix your mental game when the truth is you've actually got a tactical or technical problem. Now, there are times, of course, when we do self-sabotage. So let's figure out what is self-sabotage. Well, self-sabotage are things that we do to sabotage ourselves based on our belief system about who we are, what we can accomplish, what we do in the world. So it's our story. We believe that we have a certain level of potential. We believe we're capable of certain things. So it can be that we self-sabotage because we're getting outside of that self-image. And even though what we want might sit outside of that self-image, we might want it a lot, What we want more is to be comfortable. So when we start to get uncomfortable, when we start to become vulnerable and we start to expose ourselves, self-sabotage is a behavior that we do that helps snap us back into the safety or the comfort of who we believe we are. So that's often when self-sabotage will kick in. Some little mistake will happen or we'll procrastinate, or be unorganized, or create chaos, or something like that. And then we have an excuse for why it didn't work out. 
and we can sit happily in back in our self image. Because the problem is that belief system, we tend to engage in behaviors that prove our belief system to ourselves. So we tend to engage in behaviors that continually reinforce what we believe. As soon as we try and slide out of that, we engage in self-sabotaging behaviors. It's very difficult to continue to maintain behaviors that are outside of our current self-image. But the reason most people self-sabotage or make mistakes is the way they go about training or the way they go about change. You can make big changes by making a choice and going all in, but that can be hard to do and often has a huge motivator behind it. Maybe you had a health scare or something like that, or you just have a big moment in your life where you say, I don't accept that anymore. I'm not that person. I'm not going to accept this for my life anymore. I deserve better. So sometimes big change can happen. But more often what happens is people try and make too big of a change too fast. New Year's resolutions are a classic example of that. And the problem is you can't maintain the behaviors outside of your self-image for very long. So what ends up happening is you end up snapping back to your self-image by suddenly you procrastinate or you blow up. Uh, you know, you're doing good for a day or a week and then just everything, you know, everything comes off the rails. So the big thing you have to think about is how can I start to build this new belief system in tiny bite-sized pieces. So then what happens is I can start to do and have build a body of evidence of success and I can start to believe, okay, I am a person who does this little piece. And then you add on another little piece. James Clear wrote in Atomic Habits about the idea of the compound interest of habits. And what he said is really true. Little habits in the moment seem like they don't do a whole lot. But over time, those habits start to add up and not just add up, but exponentially have more effects. So in a day or a week, you might not see much change or any change. But over the course of two years, five years, 10 years, you look back and you see big changes. But the kicker to that is that goes for good habits and bad habits. So every time you make a choice or you make a decision, it's a vote for who you are as a person. And that has a big impact on your belief system about yourself and also whether you tend to engage in self-sabotaging behaviors. One of the problems with self-sabotaging behaviors is they're often based on an emotional trigger of some sort. And you start to feel uncomfortable, anxious, uneasy, out of your element. So you suddenly engage, and this can be subconsciously or almost consciously, engage in behaviors that are going to stop that whole process and allow you to go back to where you were. A classic example of that is you're doing really well all day. Um, let's say you've decided not to go on social media. You're doing really well. And then you get to the end of the day, you're tired and you go, forget it. I'm just going crazy and I'm going on and I'm just going to binge on social media. Or maybe you do it with your finances. You're doing a really good job of saving. And then all of a sudden the bills just seem too big. You feel like you're not making any headway and you go, well, to heck with it. I'm going to just go make this big purchase anyways. 
So that's a classic example of just deciding consciously to throw in the towel. But when they're subconscious behaviors, it's almost a Pavlovian effect. You're so used to, I feel this, I do that. So a stimulus response chain of events that you end up not even realizing you're doing it. So that's where it becomes particularly problematic because you have to become first aware that you do it and aware of what the trigger is and be able to create a gap, a breathing space where you don't just respond, but you can actually make a choice. You're trying to create a gap to make a different choice. In fiction writing, they talk about three layers of character. There's the mask that we wear. There's your backstory, which are all the things that have happened to you. And then there's your character. So in a hero story, what quite often happens is they make bad choices and they dig themselves deeper and deeper holes until finally they deal with the flaw that they have and they choose finally to not engage with that flaw. They choose to make a different choice. So let's say they're a loner in the world and they're always pushing people away and that's how they've stayed safe in the world. Then finally, for them to win against the villain, they have to reach out to their team and trust them. And this is a big moment in the movie and they do finally and being able to reach past outside of themselves is what allows them to do what they need to do to be victorious. Any of you who are Star Wars fans, one of the biggest cheers in the theater in the very first Star Wars movie, at the end of the movie, Luke Skywalker is being chased by Darth Vader down the narrow trench with no maneuverability where Luke's going to blow up the Death Star and Darth Vader's about to blow him out of the sky. And all of a sudden, Han Solo comes flying out of nowhere and shoots Darth Vader, and Darth Vader goes flying out into outer space. And the entire audience cheers like crazy, not because Luke is about to blow up the Death Star, but because Han Solo finally overcame his base nature of being a selfish mercenary and did something for somebody else. So that was an example of his backstory and his mask of being a cocky mercenary type guy who only looks out for himself. That's the way he protected himself. That's the way he showed himself to the world. But what made everybody cheer was the moment when his character choice was to say, I don't have to be that person anymore. And that's very much what happens with self-sabotage. We might catch ourselves doing it. We know we're about to do it. We feel really uncomfortable. And we go, well, I'm just going to reach for the chips or I'm going to just go on Facebook or I'm just going to watch Netflix instead of going for my walk. But instead, you put on your superhero cape and you say, I'm going to make a different choice today. I'm not accepting that. And it's just creating that awareness and that gap that lets you make a different choice. We make choices every day, and those choices are cumulative. Now, one of the things you have to be careful about, though, going back to what I mentioned at the beginning, is how do you know when you're self-sabotaging or not? Sometimes it's self-care. Sometimes you need to take that time off. You're, you know, you'd be better just relaxing one day than going for your big walk or whatever the case may be. What you want to look for are patterns in behavior. 
So when you're trying to make changes or when you're trying to strive for a new level of something, all of a sudden you'll do this one thing that always throws you back. I've heard people talk about with eating, they do really well all day and at the end of the day, they just blow up. Look for those kind of patterns and don't necessarily blame it on self-sabotage per se, because we are all human. We do make mistakes. You're allowed to say, it's okay. It didn't work today. I blew up and that's fine. Where the self-sabotage happens is not the moment where it blew up necessarily, but when you start to notice a pattern where things are blowing up day after day after day, what you want to do there is not judge yourself, but start to look at, okay, there's something really wrong with my system here. Either I don't know what to do next or my system or my environment, environment is set up to keep perpetuating what I'm doing here. I need to make the right choice easy and the wrong choice hard. Sounds a lot like dog training, doesn't it? It's still behavior change at the end of the day. But dogs don't have as much baggage as we do. So often we're dealing with issues of self-worth and so on where we feel bad and we somehow try and perpetuate that. We either try and pull ourselves back to where we're comfortable or for some reason we almost feel like we deserve to be punished. And that can be a really, really difficult part of self-sabotage. But in truth, self-sabotage usually manifests in simpler, more subtle things like procrastination or disorganization or going on to social media and things like that. The idea is to recognize the patterns you engage in under stress and then build a plan to change your environment or your triggers or your behaviors, your choices, so that you can make better behavioral decisions without judging yourself for them. So that's what I want you to think about, is how you can start to change your environment, your systems, and create a gap for yourself so that you can make a different choice the next time. The biggest thing about self-sabotage is there are very strong emotional triggers to it. And very often that wanting to feel comfortable moving back is sometimes it has to do with dulling pain. Sometimes it has to do with feeling insecure. Sometimes it has to do with the drivers of anger or shame or guilt. All those things can make us self-sabotage and want to hide again, to scuttle back into our safe place, whatever that is. And don't overanalyze it, but try and figure out, okay, so what choice would I have to make differently so that I didn't engage in the self-sabotaging behavior? And if I don't know how to do that, how can I go find help on how to make a better choice in this case. All right. Hopefully you find that helpful. Make sure to drop by kathykeats.com backslash support the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to give it five-star review on whatever podcast host you're listening on and make sure to share the podcast with others. And also don't be afraid to pop me off an email at kathy at kathykeats.com so I can get some ideas from you of what you'd like to hear in the future. All right. Talk to you soon. 